0: All right. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Welcome, man. You guys look amazingly beautiful in the sun out here. Got the people in their pickups back there, the tailgaters, you guys online. I'm sure you look great in your pajamas. So, hey, welcome to River Ridge. So glad that you guys are here and that God has provided just a beautiful day to be together. Um, So, you know, as I think about uh, the time that we're in, you guys may have noticed this. I, I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but like there's a pandemic going on. Anybody notice that? Yeah. And that kind of changes like how things work in our world and things are shutting down and things are working halfway or different, all that kind of stuff. Um, and here's the thing that I want to tell you about or make sure to remind you about as a church is we as a church, as River Ridge Church, we are absolutely committed to loving and caring for our community. Right? It doesn't matter if there's a hurricane that comes through, or a tornado, or a pandemic, or a rioting, or whatever happens in Charleston, West Virginia, we are committed to our community. And one of the places that we're especially committed is on the west side of Charleston. Uh, and we are committed to helping the kids that we're involved with at the Second Avenue Center grow and learn and develop. And I want you to know that we are committed to that no matter what happens. And that sometimes has to change because of the stuff and the environment that's going on around us. But I want to let you know about two opportunities that are happening. And uh, you got a little yellow sheet when you walked in that explains these in more detail. Uh, but one is we're going to put together virtual learning kits for all the kids that we're involved with in the Second Avenue Center. Um, And that way, if things go completely e-learning or online or if they're choosing that to begin with, that this is going to be a kit for them to help them to learn and to interact with their teachers. So an e-learning kit, if you want to provide those, there's information in your bulletin. And then the second thing is, is uh, over the last probably three years, we have been providing homework buddies at the second avenue center and so we'll have three or four folks there every afternoon monday through thursday uh, but that center is not able to open this fall and so what we're doing is we're doing uh, virtual homework buddies so you will be assigned to a child on the west side part of Mary C. Snow Elementary, most likely, just to help them with their homework, interact with them a couple times a week. Uh, And this may be a great opportunity for those of you that can't get away at two or three in the afternoon during the school year regularly. Maybe you want to be an E uh, buddy with these kids. So encourage you to sign up for that because we want to keep caring for our community. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the beautiful sunshine. Thank you for what you're going to teach us and what you're going to show us. And I pray, God, that you would help us to be in tune with the words that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name. So, we are in the middle of this series called Stay Positive. And if you haven't been here the last two weeks, or maybe you're brand new to Rivers Church, uh, it's a series where we're looking at what does it mean to be positive? Uh, And the fact is, if you look around our world, our society, we live in an incredibly negative kind of culture and time, you know, whether it's Facebook or politics or school stuff or in your family or in your work, there are all kinds of negativity around. And so God calls us as the people of God to look at life differently. In the book of Philippians, Paul writes this letter to the church at Philippi and he says, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is just, whatever is honorable, whatever is commendable, if there's anything at all that is excellent, if there's anything that is worthy of praise, then focus on those things. Think about those things. And so that's what our call is as followers of Christ, is to think on those things, to meditate on those things. And really the reason we do that is for two reasons. One is for ourselves, that God wants us to be healthy and whole in our souls, in who we are in relationship to him. And when we think positive and stay positive and focus on those things, that helps us to be that. But the other part of that is that we are called to be salt and light to the world around us, that we are called to make the world a better place. We are called to be the light of truth. Jesus said, I am the light of the world and that we also are little lights to the world. And so we carry that message. But this, this series, it's not about, I think I can, I think I can, try harder. This is about not us, but it's about allowing God to work in our lives so that we see that God has this in control. And you may be here this morning and you're like, my life is out of control. And part of what this is about is saying, no, God is in control. God has this. And so this morning, we have a great topic. The last couple weeks have been fantastic. The first week, we talked about complaining, that we're refraining from our complaining by growing in our knowing. That the more that we grow in who God is and, and what we know of him, the less we complain. And then last week, we talked about thankfulness. And if you were here, we said that thankfulness is not complete until it's expressed. And that's what thankfulness is. And so this morning, we're going to talk about words and Um, and I think, and by the way, I know we got a lot of little kids here. If you are, how many of you are 10 years old or younger? Raise your hand. If you're 10 or younger, look up here, raise your hand. Okay, good. And if you can't talk, then you don't have to look up here because you don't speak yet. But if you can talk and you're under 10, this talk is for you. It's really important for you. How many of you are over 10 years old? Okay, that's everybody else. There we go. Good. Good. This is for you as well. Oh, but words can be really powerful. And I don't know about you, but how many of you have ever had a time where something came out of your mouth and you wish that you could take it back? Yeah, pretty much all of us. Right. And sometimes you wish like right after it came back, I can't get those words back in. Or sometimes you regretted it 10 minutes later, or a day later or a week later. And uh, and I have a couple of those. I actually have a zillion of those, but I'll limit it to a story or two. But um, so when I was in middle school, there was a term that was used if you were going out with a girl, if you were dating a girl. Now the term uh, is is uh, talking. Like you'd say, if you're middle school or high school, you'd say, hey, I'm talking to Susie. But when I was in middle school, the term was going with. And I don't know if that was a Cincinnati thing or like an 80s thing. I'm not really sure. Uh, but, you know, if, if Susie wanted to go out with John, you know, Susie would pass, or John would pass Susie a note or vice versa. And, John would say, Susie, do you want to go with me? Check yes or no. And then she would pass it back. And so the term was going with. Well, that was the terminology in my middle school. And so uh, this girl comes up to me in social studies class named Debbie Cincula, And Debbie says to me, hey, Matt, Holly Baxter, another girl in our class, in our grade, not in the class at the time. She said, Holly wants to go with you. Do you want to go with her? And I said, I said, said, no, do you? I mean, the dumbest thing out of my mouth. Like, no, do you? And I just, and and you think, I mean, did that really happen? And and I tell you, this week on Facebook, I'm actually friends with both of them. And I ran the story by them, and they were like, yeah, we kind of remember that. I'm like, oh man. Um, But like, that was 40 years ago that I said that. And I still remember it like it was yesterday, right? I also have some more recent ones. Last fall, I was at a a soccer game in Parkersburg, and uh, we had a a guy living with us from Germany, and he was playing soccer in Parkersburg. So I was up watching the game, and uh, and a a call, or well, somebody got injured on the field, on the far side of the field, and so they stopped the game, and then when they restart the game, what they usually do is they drop the ball, and then two players have sort of equal opportunity to start, sort of like a jump ball in basketball. Uh, but in this case, they gave it to the Parkersburg team to have a free kick, uh, and there was no penalty against George Washington, and so all of the fans in the stands were like kind of yelling and complaining this, Rah! and then and I was with them, and then all of a sudden everybody else stopped, and I was like, and you referee? I was one of those things like, oh, that's that's bad, and um, I just wanted to crawl in a hole because i'm yelling at this referee and by the way um just those of you online if you're a referee from parkersburg last september i just want to issue an apology formally uh for my words that were an outburst last year It was the right call i just didn't understand the rules properly okay we square okay good so in the book of proverbs says this says the words of the reckless pierce like swords but the tongue of the wise brings healing and all of us can probably remember times where we have said things that we wish we could take back it could have been gossip it could have been hurtful words it could have been a dirty joke it could have been swear words but where we wish oh man i wish i hadn't said that and this says that reckless words pierce like a sword and think about maybe the reckless words that were spoken to you. You're never good enough. Why can't you try harder? You're too fat. Why can't you get better grades in school? Why don't you be more like your brother? Why don't, what's wrong with, and we all have these words that were piercing our souls. But then the other side of it says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And think about those times in your life where somebody has spoken words to you that said, I believe in you. I love you. I care for you no matter what. You're doing a great job. Keep at it. I'm here for you. And those are words of healing. And so this morning, we're going to look at a passage in the book of James. And we're going to talk a little bit about what does it mean to use our words and how do we use them. So I'm in James chapter 3. If you brought your Bible, open up to James chapter 3. So I'm going to begin in verse 2 says, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, all, able also to bridle his whole body. So he's making this comparison. He's basically saying, you know what? Everybody struggles with what they say. If you struggle, and when I ask that question, everybody's hand went up and said, yeah, I say stuff I wish I didn't say. He's saying that that is not unique to anybody, that everybody has that struggle. And then he continues on and he says, If we put bits in the mouths of horses so they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs, so also the tongue is a very small member, yet it boasts of great things. How a great forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. So, this is a bit that fits in the mouth of a horse. It weighs maybe a half a pound, probably closer to a quarter of a pound, and it fits in the mouth of a horse. And then the rider sits on the horse and can direct the horse to go wherever it wants. This weighs, like I said, probably less than a half a pound. A horse weighs about 10,000, not 10,000, about 1,000 pounds. So a horse is directed by this very small thing. This is a rudder. This is what steers a sailboat. So it's maybe, I don't know, two feet long, about eight inches wide. And this is what steers a sailboat. This came from a boat that's about 12 or 15 feet long, about a 15 or 20 foot mast. And this steers, this very small thing steers this large sailboat. This is a pack of matches. Kids, don't play with matches. Everybody knows that. But one match can start a forest fire. And you know, it's interesting. We have been in 2020, there's so much craziness. But if you remember the beginning of 2020 started with these huge wildfires in Australia. And now there's wildfires in California and Colorado. But these wildfires are started with a single match. I was looking at the Australia statistics, 72,000 square miles have been destroyed by the fires. It's going to cost about $5 billion, not million, almost $5 billion to reconstruct and to care for the damage and to fix all that. And it all started with a single match. You see, what James is saying is he's saying the words that we say are way disproportional to the effect that they have. Because we think, well, it's just a little word. It's just a small thing. It's just a little, you know, word, a little harmful word, whatever. And it's not that big of a deal. But what James is saying is that small thing has a huge, gigantic effect on other people. Then he continues in verse 6. It says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and reptile of the sea creature can be tamed, and has been tamed by mankind, but no human can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Think about the words that James uses here. It's almost like he's... Exaggerating. Like he's saying, it's evil, set on fire by hell, deadly poison. Like those are pretty strong words that he writes just for the words that we say. You know, when our moms and dads tossed when we were little, they gave us a little phrase to go with us on the playground. And they said, Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. You know what? I hate to tell you this. They didn't mean to, but your mom and dad lied to you if they said that. Because bumps and bruises go away. But the wounds that we get as kids, the wounds that we get as adults that come from what other people say, they don't go away. They are deadly poison. And how many men have you come across in this world who are still struggling because their dad said, you'll never be good enough. Why don't you try harder? Why can't you be like that kid on your baseball team or that kid on your football team? Still struggling with those words that their dad spoke to them. And how many women do you come across that struggle with body image because of what's been said about how skinny you should be or what you should look like or what your hair should look like or what you should dress like? Words hurt. And that's what James is saying. They are reckless. They are deadly poison. And he continues on, verse 10, verse 9 and 10. He says, with it, speaking of the tongue, he says, with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. He says, out of this same mouth that's on your face comes blessing. Right on Sunday morning, we sing, We sing, you are good, you are good, you are good. We sing praises to God. But then with that same mouth through the day, we say, you're a jerk, you're a jerk, you're a big, big jerk. Right? We don't sing that, but we think it, but we say it may not be those words, but that's what we do. And I love what he says here. He says, You curse people, you say mean things about people, you gossip about people, you gossip to people, you, whatever it is, people who are made in the likeness of God. It's not just some person, some rock, some tree, someone who's made in the likeness of God. And we say, praise God, and you're a jerk. He says, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't come out of the same mouth. So he continues, he says, does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both flesh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. He gives all of these illustrations about fig trees and olives and fresh water and salt water. What he's saying is whatever is inside something is what comes out. So if it's a fig tree, figs are going to come out. If it's a freshwater spring, then fresh water should come out. But he's saying that we need to look at our lives because what comes out is from within. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. We said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's the same principle he's talking about here. What's in our hearts is what comes out. So we need to say, let's look at our hearts and say, what can we do and what can God do that our hearts might be changed? So let me give you the bottom line for this morning and then I'll give you a couple applications. Here's the bottom line. To tame the tongue, pause, ponder. And pray, a little bit of an alliteration, okay? To tame the tongue, pause, ponder, and pray. All right, let's get everybody to say that. So I say, to tame the tongue. Good. And if you pause, ponder, and pray, you're going to. Right. If you pause, ponder, and pray, you're going to tame the tongue, tame the tongue by pause. Good. And by the way, ponder means think. If you don't know what that word means, because it's a big word, but I couldn't think of another word that was easier that alliterated. So there we have it. So here's the first one is pause. And uh, in the book of James a little bit earlier, it says this, it says, this is James 1 He says, be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to become angry. It says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. And so what that means is that we pause, like, think about how many of the things that you've said would have not come out of your mouth if you had just counted to five in your head, right? In my head, I'm going one, two, three, four, five. You know, I don't really want to go out with Holly. I don't want to go with her, right? Or my head, one, two, three, four, five. Mr. Referee, great call, way to go. It would have been like game changer. But, and I've been thinking this with how many things that I say that if I just stopped, it wouldn't have happened, that we pause. And part of the reason that we pause is for our tone. And I think tone is a huge part of this. When we say something like, what? Why'd you say that? Europe, you know, it's the tone. And, and I speak, you know, regularly and then somebody else gives a sort of a three and then somebody else is at a five and then a seven and a 10. And all of a sudden we're in this escalated thing because of our tone. What does our tone do to the words that we speak? It's a great verse, Proverbs 15:1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath. That's about the tone that we have. A gentle answer turns away wrath. The second is that we ponder. So to tame the tongue, we pause, ponder, and pray. And so ponder means think. I'm going to give you a little alliteration with the word think here. First is T. Is, is it true? Is what you're going to say true about somebody? Do you know it's true, or you may be spreading some gossip that you aren't quite sure is true? Is it true. The H is, is it helpful? Is whatever you're going to say to the person, is it going to help the dynamic of the relationship? Is it going to help them move further in life? Or is it not? T-H-I is inspire. Is it inspiring? Is it going to inspire them to be who God wants them to be? Or is it going to tear them down from who God wants them to be? The N is necessary. Is it necessary does what need to be does what you want to say have to be said because a lot of times we can spew poison out of our mouths but it doesn't make a lick of difference just makes us feel better and then feel worse but it doesn't change the situation is it necessary and the last one is it kind does it bring words of kindness to them or are they words that are hurtful and then the last one is P is pray Psalm 141 says this Help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. I love that verse. And by the way, some of you need to add a word to that. Help me, Lord, keep my big mouth shut and my lips sealed. I'm not pointing out who that is, but some of you need that. But isn't that a great prayer? God, help me to shut up. Help me to keep my mouth shut. We need that prayer. And when that happens, it's really a prayer of saying, God, would you change me from the inside out? And also, God, would you help me be consistent in the way that I talk. That one of the prayers that I have for myself. And then for you. Is that we would be consistent. The same way that you would talk on a Sunday morning. Is the same way that you talk at home. The same way that you would talk at the office. Is the same way that you would talk at a baseball game. Is the same way that you would talk at a bar. Having a beer with some friends. It's the same way that you would talk at book club. That we would have a consistency. To how we talk and communicate. Now. Here's the thing when it comes to words. A lot of this about tan the tongue has been sort of like, don't do this, don't do that and trying to conform it. But I also want to just paint a picture for you that our words have incredible opportunities to help people do great things and to be the people that God wants them to be. And uh, a few years ago, Emily, and I'll, I have permission to share this, when she was in middle school, she had a small group leader that said to her these words. She said, Emily, you are beautiful no matter what you wear. And so she took that and she wrote it on an index card and she put it on her dresser. And so every day as she got dressed, she looked at that reminder of those kind words, those encouraging words, and whatever she put on. She said, doesn't matter what I wear, I am beautiful. And she is beautiful on the inside on the, and on the outside. And you all don't know this, but every one of you, and I, don't, and I mean every one of you without exception at all, every one of you is here Because of something that was said to me. That I was in Morgantown, West Virginia. I was part of a church called Chestnut Ridge. I was beginning to get involved there. I was beginning to give a couple of sermons. Get involved with leadership. And Tim Herring, the pastor there. And it was a big church. It was pushing a thousand people at the time. And he said something to me. He said, Matt, I would love to go to a church that you were the pastor of. And I still remember that so distinctly. And that was a huge part of God calling me to come and start River's Church 18 years ago. And so every one of you is here because someone said to me, I'd love to be a part of a church that you pastor. And think about what words could you say to somebody that would set them on that kind of course for their life. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these words. They are tough and they are hard and there's things that you want us to change. But also, Lord, they are so freeing because of what we can do with the words that we speak. That our tongues are small, our words are small, but they are so powerful when spoken. God, would we speak the words that you want us to speak? In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you all for being here. And as you look around, there's somebody in the car next to you, the slot next to you that you don't know. Just say hello, introduce yourself from a distance. We'll see you next Sunday.